Welcome. You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. You guys, I know it was an intense day, but you guys said, and I know at one point you guys were in completely different gigs together yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So walk me through the gigs. Okay. Yeah. So it started off, we, we did, um, we were in Van Buren for the food truck festival. Uh, and so I got there at 8 a.m. to set up uh, and they had uh, music all day, acoustic. Food trucks? Yep. Food trucks. Um, and this is the third year, I guess the second year that we did it, but the third year total. A and good a good number of food trucks? Yeah, I think so. I didn't. Wow. I was stuck at the stage, so sure. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> right. The whole, I mean, the whole town of Van Buren had stuff going on. But um, so there was acoustic performances. They had a worship band there. They had, a, you know, a rock band there as well. Yeah, so, great. Um, they had music there all day. And then um, that night they had in the same location, a Chamber of Commerce event. Um, completely separate. Completely separate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The food truck event was hosted by the Missouri uh, University of Missouri Extension. Nice. And so they put that event on, and then the Chamber of Commerce, uh, Chamber of Commerce had an event there that evening. Okay. Um, so that was the two events morning and evening. Yeah. What were the two events sandwiched in between? Yeah. So then the other two events were in Popper Bluff. Um, we had a Whiteley Park event, is I think is music in the parks. Oh, put cool. on by the Summer park department. Bash. Yeah. Nice. Um, that was the third year of that event as well. We've been fortunate to play that that event three years in a row. Did you DJ that event? No, I put together a band. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Mariah from the worship team, she played in the band. I saw a video. Yeah, cool, very we, cool. we call the band Westbound. It's a little yeah. nod to ah, Westside. Yeah. Like what it. you did there. The, fir- like the first year we had Adam play keys and, and Mariah play, and, and so it was a lot of Westside people. Last year Malachi was yeah. in it. Yeah. Westbound, that's great. Yeah, so I it's a little that. nod to Westside. I like it. Um, and then, uh, so we played there for, for a couple hours and then the final event was at four and 50, 50, I ran sound for, uh, they had some touring bands come through and they hired me to do sound for them. How many bands? Uh, it was three bands total. Okay. Um, was there a headlining band? Yeah, there was a headlining band. They were from Wisconsin. They were called the Almas. Wow. Did they have a following here? No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, gonna, can we rewind that? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, mean, I, I don't want to knock those guys. No, like, no. Yeah. I mean, the band yeah. was great. I mean, it was a it was a good time. You know, it was it was fun. It's not my type of music per sure. se. It was a kind of a hard rock show, but uh, it was fun. And, and that room is kind of a challenge to mix in. So it was fun okay. to to do something a little bit different than normal. And wow. Um, but yeah, so I got to mix for them, um, and then uh, yeah, that was the end of the, yeah. the day. So man. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty busy day. For those of you guys listening and tuning in, Murphy's Music had a big day Saturday. Four different <laughs> gigs, oh, two yeah. different towns, cities, all of that stuff. Cities. Hey, I noticed <laughs> that I saw an advertisement that Tech Nine is coming to the Black River Coliseum. Yeah, interesting. That's real. I've yeah. seen that dude. Uh, I mean, literally, if there when we lived in Columbia, the Blue Note was a really cool, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah, Blue Note, but literally. If there was nothing, like nothing, there's no movies, this is the last resort. It was always like, I think Tech Nine's in town. He was in, because he's just from Kansas City. And I think he knew the guy at the Blue Note. So it was constantly like, hey, let's go see Tech Nine. I've seen him a thousand times in concert. 
so you will be at the Black River Coliseum right? when he comes back. But I know all of it like, here comes Tekanina Casimo. I know all of his old stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, none of the new the stuff. The 151 okay. rum. Uh, Malibu <laughs> 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 Yep, it's oh, all here. Oh, that, that's here. the podcast. It is. <laughs> now. Yeah. And that's what? all BC before Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, uh, b- b- before we dive in, I have got uh, a would you rather, and I think this is pretty good. Would you rather... Have a huge imagination that can, like, eventually, you know, be used. Apple hires you or oh, something. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Productive like, imagination. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, yes. A huge imagination or a photographic memory. So, so two completely different. One is highly analytical, yeah. like photographic memory, Doogie Hauser, all of that stuff, or you were just this inventor, this engineer, this wow, man, that's incredible. I want to well, go last. All I'm saying is just because you're imaginative does not mean that you become an inventor. Uh, true. So you need true, to True. These are just both extremes that produce results to kind of like intrigue you to choose one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, you're not going to sit around and, and have the best coloring book on the block. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Or something like that. And you might, if you waste your God given talents. <laughs> are we, are we, are we imaginative with like just these results or are we photographic, which obviously in turn, you're going to end up a surgeon. You're going to end up in the president's room. Are you? In this scenario, <laughs> Haley, you are. I'm just We're saying. We're not changing this scenario. Because that also, I will not change the scenario, but you are adding a lot of things that are determined on your drive with this capability. It's assumed the drive, the drive is there. See, I would not have assumed the drive is there. Well, it's also assuming the talent is so great that it can't be ignored. You have the best imagination and open mind the world has ever seen. You don't think you're going to paint a chapel ceiling? (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? Like, or you have the most photographic memory that we've, this guy is the president's counsel. I mean, it's Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. He solved the math problem. How do you like them apples? Yeah, but he was also the janitor and there wasn't a lot of drive. That's the point of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. I like so we can't assume movie. that there's drive. All right, I'm going to start. I'm okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to get this thing going. Photographic Good. memory. I'm Photographic. thinking of, I used to love Criminal Minds. Okay. And so I'm thinking Sherlock of Spencer Holmes. Reed. Yes. yes. Ooh, he, Matthew Greg Hubler. Yes. Yes. And he just knows the whole book. Yep. Photographic memory. Yeah. All day long. Like or it. The Good Doctor, if anybody watches that. Oh. I'm going, Dude. and I'm going yeah. Photographic Memory, Sherlock Holmes, his mind palace. Who's your Sherlock Holmes? Benedict Cumberbatch, okay, thank hands you. down. I mean, when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle describes him in the first book, literally yeah. get a picture of Benedict Cumberbatch and read that, and it is him. It's unbelievable. Hmm. I just want to say Benedict Cumberbatch five right. times fast. I know. Yeah. I know. There's a whole key. All right, Nikki, sketch. Haley, John. I'm going last. I've got my. 
I would say probably imagination. Yeah, you do. Uh, I knew you were going there. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting on it, man. I would say that I kind of have a a somewhat photographic memory as it is now. And so I think that to to the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I love it. (laughs) To to the opposite of that. I mean, I I long for, I wish I could write songs. I'm not as creative as I would like to be. So to have that imagination, you know, without limits would be be, be As Rick Rubin says, you have to tap into the source. Yes, absolutely. There's a source. Yeah, to all and it's things. flowing around you. Yep. As he says, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I requested last. Don't look at me. I'm just maybe I pass. I don't know. <laughs> Haley's maybe mind's blown that there's a pass. No, now. still. I think I would choose creativity just because it's significantly more fun and opens up more possibilities. You're creating something new as opposed to learning something that's already happened. That's all data is. Hmm. See, I'm flip of that, which is not normal for me and you to be this polar opposite on this. Yeah, but, but you. But the arranging of data is a completely different thing. I have a vivid imagination. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Go there. Go there. I'm not. I'm not. There's qualifications. Jason gets to step outside of them and no one else can. It's fine. Never stepped out of it. I'm reinforcing them. I'm reinforcing them. I'm envious of John's recall. And that's why I went photographic memory because my recall is trash. My imagination. It's not a total recall. No, no, it's not a total recall. Well, I would say that's why I picked creativity. I don't get to be super creative all the time. Like most of my job deals with. data and so like the idea of getting to just be that creative and like that's what you get to do like you just get to do that is super fun yeah i could see that i'm the flip of that like i want i have the creativity in the realm and the imagination like when you said that i'm like sure i need i need more information and you kept talking and yeah we didn't have to ask for it this time (laughs) but here's the second one would you rather have people admire you for your good deeds or respect you for your power? The power doesn't have to be negative. Yeah. It's all in it's how you... I, I understand that. I understand that. Admire for my good deeds. I don't want to be um, admired, though. I know. That feels icky. Listen, I'm an Enneagram 3, and yeah. I want to be respected for my power. I'm just going to be, I'm going <laughs> to confess it. I'll be the first yeah. person to go down that path because I, it doesn't have it, what Jesus says about the Pharisees and then his disciples. You guys do have authority. Yeah. But you do not lord it over people like the Pharisees do. So there's there is an example of Jesus being the most powerful person in the world, but dying on a cross. And so he is very respected for like his power. I think based off those two words alone, admired or respected. That in and of itself is a good one. Yeah. For me, I'm going to have to go with respect over admiration because that just feels gross for me personally. See, I went the other two words and power is so gross to me. I agree. And I can't, like, I cannot, I don't want to associate myself with that word. I would rather associate myself with the gross word of admire than the gross word of power. But I think authority when I think power. Yeah. When when Nikki said that, I felt like people looking at me like a puppy dog. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yes. ed, like, oh, you know, but then ugh, not respecting you and turning around and slandering you like, oh, they're not going to, res- you know, slander the guy with power because he could kill him. 
Sorry. Oh, I just blacked out for a second. Sorry. Also, at power got did, to me for a second. At least we know, based off of the question, that you did a good deed. We have not specified mm. what the power is. You said it could be good, sure. but it also means it could be bad. Totally. And so... Good, at, good is is a is a definite description. It's a definite description. I know by picking that, hey. I've at least done a good deed. Haley, I agree with you. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I man. don't. That was no. great. <laughs> that was great. Absolutely, Alex. Respected for power. Absolutely, yeah. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just. If kidding. you see Alex's face right now, <laughs> but I think even like what hey or what Nikki said is to tease out just respected. Or admired. Yeah. You know, like, or, you know, there's, I listen to a podcast and they always ask the guest this question. Would you rather, do, do you value loyalty or do you value respect? Because, Ooh. because they're not, it, you can respect someone and disagree with mm-hmm. them and not be loyal to them. Um, or do you value just? But wouldn't to- loyalty come with respect if they're don't? Gonna not, you I can't mean, go there. You're I not know. Allowed to no, go there. no, because you, because you can blindly go. You're making the wrong decision, but I'm your ride or die. Um, I am like loyal to you. Yeah, I would choose loyalty. Loyalty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. See, I was raised the young. <laughs> I mean, the youngest of four boys, and so loyalty is strong. It's like you don't snitch. You don't. Yeah. None of that <laughs> End stuff. Up in a bitch. Right. <laughs> but I think stitches. the I think the respect I don't know. <laughs> I respect is just really important to me, you know. Alex John, y'all need to answer this. What John did. John said loyalty. Oh. Yeah, I said loyalty. Okay. Yep, loyalty. What were my options again? Loyalty or respect? <laughs> yep. Your eyes apparently say a lot of things. So if you don't speak, Jason will interpret for you. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to say loyalty okay. in that sense, just because there's a partnership part of it that like comes with the for sure. no overall co- goal of things. Like yeah. if you have, if you surround people that aren't loyal to you, like you're, yeah. I like can you see say, it. You know what I mean? I can yeah. see that if someone said, give me a synonym that comes with loyalty, partnership mm. would be one that comes quickly. Okay. That's good. You can work with people you don't respect in that sense, but I mean, mm. yeah, it doesn't mean loyal. For sure. Anybody else thinking of the song like, down with nope. <laughs> I wasn't until then, but <laughs> this is why I want a camera in here so they can see y'all's faces. But then I don't when I make the faces. It's the great. dismissal that Haley just gave me. Oh, so so great. Okay, loyalty or respect, ladies. I'm probably gonna go loyalty. Really? I know it. I hey, there's not Nikki, a good one. I had but, you at respect yeah. all day long, all day long. Tell me why? What? pushed you over the edge to loyalty because i want i don't know i it, i'm struggling like everything i say with this i feel like when people are loyal to like i'm loyal to people that i don't respect yeah sure um, yeah 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 and with that but then i also I feel like that comes with being a mom it does it does <laughs> Almost, and it's very you know? much like i want the loyalty from the people around me because then i feel like 
they will also steer me if I'm getting off course. Okay, great. And that comes Ooh, in. If they respect yeah. me, they're not they going to check me. They could be afraid And that, of that fear of that, yeah. Wow. So adult relationships, That's definitely good. loyalty over respect. He chose loyalty. I respect you so much less now. Uh, no, well, I'm right? Kidding. Like, it's so weird. It's not <laughs> an easy cool. choice. I love it, though. You explained it really well. All right, Haley. I know. I'm sorry, Haley. No, but I was going to choose respect for literally what? the other. What? What are we that? today? I take it's one opposite. week off, and you're this choosing chaotic. respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you that. You are right or die. <laughs> that is what yeah. I am. Yes, and I do it in a unhealthy way. Okay. Mm. All right. And so for okay. people to just be loyal to me. Okay. I realized, like, yeah, you love me, but you do not take me seriously as a woman, mm. as a professional, yeah. as a Christian, sure. as a okay. mother. Yeah. And I think, like, that has been great in my life, and I will do that 100% for other people. Sure. But there is something about, like, yes, you can give blind loyalty, but I think... It would mean a lot more to me if there was also respect. For sure. Mm -hmm. Do you think 10 years ago you would have chose loyalty? I don't know. I think I've always had, like, I have always exhibited that. I don't know if I've always gotten that. Sure, sure. And so, like, I think, but to me, you can't really have loyalty without respect. And so that is why I, I think I would choose yeah. respect. Yeah. Like, I can't separate yeah. I can't separate yeah. that. It just sounds like you have a lot of uh, of self-awareness and you've thought about that most of the time when I exhibit that blind loyalty, it's not going to come from my strength or my good side. No, it's going to come from Yeah. It's going to come from unhealth. Wow, that's cool. I mean, that's really incredible that you've like processed that for sure. That's awesome. I love I, I like think these it. are great. I just think I like these are it. great. All right, guys, we jumped back into 1 Timothy and so um, we're Fun in text. it. Fun text. Yes. And here's what's funny. The way the sermon calendar planned out and the whole reason why we paused is because the text Sunday was supposed to land on Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Right? right? And so now I'm kind of thinking, man, that would have been fun just to like go at it or something like that. But anyway, so we paused for... That would have been fun, he says. Yeah, for Mother's Day and for Memorial Day. But we're back in it. Let me ask this question. What are you excited about? Jumping back in. Has, has it taught you anything thus far? I mean, I know we've paused a little bit, but, but we did a refresher... Has it taught you anything in the chapter one and chapter two that we've been in? Are you looking for forward to anything? What is it? I think, I mean, I haven't really learned anything so far. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Just kidding. What about no, you, John? I <laughs> no, I love, I mean, I literally love when we do this. Don't get me wrong. Topical series are always great. Yeah. Like, I mean, some of my favorite have been when we do, you know, the family series yes, or things yes. like that. But I love just walking through a text and like you can't dodge like these <laughs> verses. You can't yeah. dodge any of it. And they build up for a reason yes. because 
reading a book entirely is very different than even taking sections out of it, even though the section is designed to be. And you can give a brief context of the section yeah. too. Yeah. Right, right. And so like, I think it's always insightful. I always learn something when we do an entire book of the Bible. Yeah. And it comes from, you know, one source. Yep. You know who the author, like, I just love doing that. It's yeah. hard not to learn something doing it that way. That's good. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, studying, I have always loved in my devotional time, First and Second Timothy and Titus, as a young pastor, I just like clung to those books for dear life. But studying it, it's, it is an oxymoron. And I wonder if a musician feels this way. Like you write a song, you produce it, and it's there now. Like it's there. And then you spend you know, 90 days touring, playing that song. And then it's, do they ever at one point go back and go, man, I really wish, I really feel like I know what this song is now. And I could go back and do blank with it. Because every time I teach through a book of the Bible, I go, oh, I think I actually understand the book of the Bible now. And I probably need to go back and redo the entire series. Is that, is that, is that true of musicians or no? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely. That's why you see so many remixes. And if you go oh. see an artist perform it live, they're n most likely not going to perform it like the record. Yeah. And so they'll do like an extended version of, of the song or they'll change up the instrumentation or orchestration okay. or anything like that. You know, the, essentially the the recorded version is produced by the producer. Sure. We talked about Rick Rubin yeah, a little bit earlier, sure, but yeah. um, you know, it's the producer's version of this in that moment at this day on this time to uh, fit in the context of this record. Good. And so, you know, we we talk about Tyler Childers and his album of you know, can I bring my hounds to heaven? Yeah. He produced you know three separate albums and three versions of that of a song. There you go. And so it it fits into. There's lots of different versions of that song to fit into different contexts yeah. of how he was feeling about the lyrics. Sure. And, What's and, your favorite versions, by the way? Oh, man, that's that's tough. I mean, it just depends. Jubilee, what are the three? There's the Jubilee version. Yeah. The um, Angel Band. Angel Band yeah. version. Yeah. You're gonna put me on the spot. I, I know. Yeah. I like none of those. I just want Tyler to play the songs. Yeah. Isn't the Angel Band strictly instrumental? Oh, I don't know. I think so. Something like, like that. There's weird, a, yeah. Well, the yeah. Jubilee is the church with the choir. It's yeah. so great. So good. So good. But anyway, yeah. So I think you know, wrapping back around, I love what you said. It is. There's something about when you create or sit with something, but then circle back around. So I'm really excited to dive in you know, back again with First Timothy. Alex, how about you, Nikki, diving into this series? Has anything stuck out? Are you looking forward to anything? What have you learned so far through First Timothy? I mean, the biggest thing, I think, for like studying the Bible exegetically like we're doing, you get to see behavior, like you talked about it with belief. Yeah. You know, what you believe, it dictates how you behave. Yeah. I think the norm is the opposite. A hundred percent. And so when you go through the word like this, you're reminded that your belief is the foundation, not your behavior. Yeah. And I'm not just saying like, you need to act like a Christian. No. But it's all the ins and outs of it. That's every... The teaching, the, the, the people, all of it. That's the outline of every one of the Apostle Paul's letters. The first three chapters of Ephesians, the first three chapters of Philippians, the first three chapters of Colossians is all doctrine. It is, you were chosen, predestined, Jesus is before all things, all of this. And then the last three chapters is, in light of that doctrine and that belief, 
stop gossiping or, you know, like, right. lo like love one another or all of those types. Because of we're things. living in a culture now where it's the opposite. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? How I you feel, how you behave is a dictator of what you believe. And it's like, well, yes, but yeah. you lead with the belief first. Yes. And we're not talking about just good deeds. We're talking about just general things. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what is church? Yeah. Period. Period. And, and the descriptive, not what you think it is. Like what's the word say the church is? Or how about this? What descriptive words would you use to describe the church? I bet pillar and buttress of truth is not one of <laughs> yeah, them. Right. right. I mean like yeah. the living God, you know, the household of God. Yeah. That's really good. What about you, Nick? I think for me, the teacher part of it all, like it is, like Haley said earlier, when we walk through an entire book, yeah. it does just resonate in a whole different way than opening up at home in the morning and just reading something. Sure. But when the entire church body is walking through foundation building together, yes. there is such a beautiful thing in that because mm. you can have a basic understanding. You can be new in your walk with Christ. Yep. And you're still learning something that someone who has been here for 40 plus years mm. is going to take away maybe the same thing because they're hearing it in a new way. That's good. So That's I really think good. that just the basic teaching of it yeah. in this aspect for me is always my, like, I live for these. That's good. Every time we do this, I feel like that this is what I could write a book about. So when I taught through Philemon, I was like, I can write a book about forgiveness on Philemon or Colossians, and I would call it Supreme, and it would look like the Supreme logo, <laughs> yeah. like the like the fashion Copyright thing. infringement. Yeah, right. And then, <laughs> but with First Timothy and Second Timothy and Titus, I feel like a leadership book. Yeah. Of like each chapter boiling down a phrase and going, you know, this is what spiritual leadership looks like, and especially thinking about West Side men and the mentorship, and it's Paul talking to Timothy. But, yeah, I just always think that every time. But I think if we, we've we had so many new families and we've been in such a season of growth yeah. that when someone says, why do we do X, Y, and Z, yep. right now we're in the text that is telling us yep. this is why we do X, Y, and yep. Z. It's not us making it up. This is biblically-based foundation we are building from yeah. what God gave us. We just did a connection class, which is kind of you know the doorway to membership here at Westside. And there's always... The last night is really cool because board members do what's called board member interviews. I know that sounds super intense, but what it is is you just have a board member at your table. Yeah. And they tell you who they are. And you know one of the questions is always about the church is... Hey, who's in leadership? What's the process? Who determines that? What are the qualifications? And I mean, we are in it in the yeah. book of the Bible that talks about that. So, so we were uh, we're in the latter part of First Timothy two. Paul has laid out like here's what's important. Obviously, chapter one, doctrine. Don't swerve. Get in genealogies and myths and all this stuff. Number two, he goes, okay, now when you're gathered corporately as a church, here's what's really important, prayer. Boom, he lays that out. All kinds of prayer for all kinds of people. And now he starts to get into the roles of men and women. And hands down, you know, this is a two-part sermon, so we're going to follow up the latter part, verses 11 through 15 this following Sunday. But these are, you know, hands down the most divisive, controversial verses in all of the Bible. And so we talked about as a joke, you know, a little bit of an introduction that you remember the picture of that blue and black dress or 
white, and gold. I think the year was 2015. The image goes viral. Let's settle the debate right now. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can just Google <laughs> gold and yellow or gold and white or black and blue dress, and it'll come up. What do you think the color of the dress is? John, start with you. I mean, it's black and blue. It, amen. So okay. I have a confession. When I rem- So looking at it today, yeah. it's, it's black and blue. Yeah. I, though, remember, I don't know if it was maybe because the photo was, I don't know. It, this is one of those conspiracies. I don't that know. was the photo. That I was the photo. I feel like, though, I remember when I first saw it, it was white and yellow. Wow. White and gold. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like one day, yeah. changed. Interesting. So, yeah, now when I look at it, it's black and blue. There you, you go. Know, but, like, okay. ladies, I can't remember when it was. What color is it? I'm just saying. White and gold. Okay. It's white and gold. Like, it yeah. is. It just Do, it is. Now, now, when you say it like that, you mean. When you look at that, there is, you're like, where would you ever see black and blue in that picture? You are just like, it is white and gold. You see it that strongly. Right there. That's it. Yep. At least the picture I'm looking at, I mean. Wow. And that, and what color is that to you? White and gold. White and gold. So just to be clear, the actual dress in a different picture, there's another picture of the dress and it is blue and black. It is. But that picture is ambiguous because... The lighting. Because, yeah. And so that's the problem with yeah. this thing. And yeah. That's, sure. And that's why the yeah. whole debate thing. Yes. Sure. So let's follow it up. There was also an audio clip literally around the same yeah. time that went around of you either hear Yanny, which was really funny to hear just people say that a lot, <laughs> Yanny or Laurel. Wasn't he a musician or a singer or something well, the like New York way Times late in the 90s? wrote an article Yanni, about this. That's, oh, okay, that's oh, that's okay. Gotcha. Okay. gotcha. Okay. I mean, it might this, be our <laughs> twang. We're like, how can yeah. you hear Yanny? <laughs> and it's Yanné yeah. or something like which that. Which sounds exactly like Laure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just saying so, it all wrong. <laughs> so starting again with you, John, what, what is that audio clip that you hear? So that what I hear is Laurel. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. So Alex... Dude, I'm my, something's going on in my mind when these things happen. Because when we first got it, I, I clicked it. Yeah. And it was Laurel. Okay. But Sunday morning, hands heard, down. No. Yeah, wow. I'm, I don't know what, I'm not making this up. Like, it's awesome. just weird. Like, I was awesome. there, I was oh, like, that's J- wild. So did Tracy Ferguson. And I basically, like, came into the chapel very loud, interrupted Jason's sermon, had a conversation in the back. But basically... <laughs> Hey guys, we wanted to take a break from the podcast and I wanted to fill you in on this incredible resource. Listen, I know I've got a lot of pastor friends, a lot of church volunteers, maybe you're on staff at a church, and there's a ton of things that when I started working at a church that I didn't know anything about. And when I became pastor at Westside, there was a lot that I didn't know about. And one of those things was church insurance. I'm in a board meeting, someone says, what's our insurance policy? And I'm like, I have no idea. Listen, I don't care how much you paid for your seminary education, they don't teach you about church insurance. But listen, Westside has found a great resource at First Choice Insurance through our agent, Matt Phillips. First Choice Insurance is locally operated. It is family-owned. They have a ton of insurance policies from A to Z. They've insured everything from airplanes, zoos, 
Like legitimately, Matt told me that they've insured a lion before. So listen, if you work at a church, if you're a pastor and you're like, seminary did not teach me about church insurance, I want you to reach out to Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance. The number is 573-686-2870. Again, that's Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance, 573-686-2870. Or you can check them out on Facebook. Again, family-owned, locally operated, Matt Phillips, First Choice Insurance. Back to the show, guys on like you download the video sure and it has auto captioning like on yeah. mm-hmm. and it said laurel oh that's so funny interesting like the closed caption yeah huh hmm. it's laurel interesting i never heard yanni either i heard laurel but i didn't Did you know hear yanni though yeah i didn't hear yanni either yanni yanni nothing yeah uh, yeah my twang hears it that way too yeah. um now Haley, are you saying did you hear yanni or did you hear laurel Laurel. Right. I didn't yeah. know. Laurel. Even yeah. the computer said it was Laurel. Interesting. And then we got Alex over here. Yanny. I mean, that's, yeah, because when you said like 100%, and I was like, um, I, I <laughs> no. mean, I'm not going to comment. My that's why I ears laughed. I didn't know in no way, shape, or form even hear a hint of you. Well, I, so there, there's a New York Times article about this. Yes. Yeah. And that's so how they, big of a deal it yeah, was. Yeah. And they talk about the but frequencies that are in that are in this clip. Okay. And so they said that um, statistically, that the people who heard Yanny are younger ears because younger ears hear higher frequencies. Yes. And so between 18 and 24, 64% of the people heard Yanny. Okay. Because the the higher frequencies were more present in their ears. Wow! What you're and so, saying is, I have bad ears. Well, well Alex and Tracy, you're young. That's well, what. and Shout it could be in the system in our room and <laughs> in the church has a tuned to higher frequencies, and and it made it easier to hear. Sure, but I mean, so from statistically from 24 to 64, they could hear Laurel because the the lower frequencies wow. were more present. Ladies but if and you gentlemen, look at John the, Murphy. Yeah, right. It's great. <laughs> Almost like he's got a the New York Times. Oh, I love it. Let's the go. Well, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> doot, doot. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah. But listen, there was a, a method, obviously, behind the madness, and it was to prove that moment of how in the world can you even hear or it, there is no white or gold. And unfortunately, these verses are 100% viewed that way, that people come to it and they go, you know, they come to it and they go, I don't know how in the world you could ever see that or even say something like that. And so, you know, I just said, these verses are really divisive and why? And I think it was helpful for all of us to get on the same page and go, yes, I can see an aspect of that. And we said, why are these verses so divisive? Number one, just right out of the gate and, and to put the jelly on the bottom shelf was we said, I mean, crummy examples of male leadership. Like, I mean, hello, if you're reading that verse like it is, and then you're telling me that this is the way it is, but then I look at all of these controversies and all of this stuff going on, then, then I'm out. The second one was current culture. And, and that one was kind of twofold. It wasn't just how far our culture is away from, you know, biblical value, even talking about the Bible. But it's also, we don't do good with difficult things. Like, we think we listen to one podcast 
from that that is interviewing an author who wrote a book and you would think hearing us talk that we read that book but yeah. all we did was listen to one podcast <laughs> like so our culture do, you know we do 30 second bites and that's why roman can go you know dad did you know do, 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 and you're like my goodness and he can't remember to do very simple tasks because yeah. it's unbelievable the the third thing was calloused hearts i mean this is very clearly an authoritative passage. It's telling you to do this and to not do this. And human beings as a whole do not like not just authority. I'll take it a step further. The society doesn't like when the Bible asserts its authority. We like it as this mm-hmm. loves everyone, does anything like that. And then the last thing was this, is confusion about the Bible. But we said, how crazy is it in 2023 that as you are listening to this podcast, you are living history Mm -hmm. because the scriptures have never been translated into the amount of languages they've been, uh, B, been so readily available, and C, for us to have such easy access to them. But at the same time, our culture in 2023 is the most biblically illiterate it's ever been. Like a recent poll surveyed people walking on the street, give us the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. just the Ten Commandments. And it came in about 30 or 40% um, could even say all 10 of the commandments. That's how low it was in that aspect. So, I mean, out of all of those crummy examples of male leadership, current culture, calloused hearts, confusion about the Bible, where do you find that, yeah, I I think because of this out of that list, man, I can really understand why these verses are so divisive. I think for me, it's it's the calloused heart. I think Mm. um, when you were, when on Sunday, when you were explaining that in your sermon, um, you were talking specifically about what what Paul says about the women and 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 being under authority and stuff like that. But I found myself like, man, I think that way sure. sometimes. And and so um, putting myself in, in a position where I don't want to do something because somebody says it's authorita- authoritatively, yeah, um, not because it's good or bad or indifferent or whatever, but sure. because somebody said, hey, you need to do this. Yes, I find myself regardless of what it is, like why? Why do I got to do that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> sure. And so th- for me, I think that's it's it's um it's it's just kind of having a calloused heart in in yeah. that aspect, and I just need to be you know kind of mindful of that. Be like, hey, this is this is for the good. That's good of of everything. Yeah, so. I like that you said, it, and and I could know that it's a it's to my benefit that it's a good thing but there's just that thing yeah yeah, for sure i think i can see all of them hands down but i think when i sit down and and spend time and have conversation with someone it's it's current culture and confusion about the bible i i I think Uh i think they go hand in hand i think a they want me to explain it in a text message you know, and it's like, man, big questions require big work. Like we got to look at the opposing view, the original language. We got to do a lot of work. Then when you start going, okay, you know, this is a lot like this. Remember when over here and it's like, no, there's no base. There's no foundation to even begin with in that aspect. And I have found more and more, even when I first got here to Westside as the pastor, 
I have to spend more time now, almost a decade later. I can't just say Daniel in the lion's den because there's no reference point for that. And that's something that the current, and I think that comes through generational and culture change yes. and the shift. Yes. A lot of these younger people were not brought up in church. Yes. I, I, I joke there was a, and I think it was Paul Harvey, but I'm not sure. Someone made a thing about I was drugged to church. I was drugged. 100%. And it was drugged to church. Yeah. Said I, I said that, that on Mother's Jesus. Day. Okay. I said that on Mother's Day. There was Day. that whole the drug baby. Drug yes. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The audience got really silent. Too. That's funny. And then he explained it, it no, and the then erupted with laughter. Yeah, the 11 yeah. a.m. Hackled. But I mean, after oh, you I, hit the punchline, oh, when, when you were like, I'm a gotcha. drug baby, everybody was like, I know. I Where did that come from? Though? That's road at church. Oh it's man, I've heard so that funny. my whole. I mean, yeah. my dad would say that about us. We right. got drug babies. Yeah. You know? But this current generation of young people were not those babies. Nope. And nope. that is the difference of they have no foundation. Yes. And yes. so I think the culture does lead to Bible confusion easily. Those easily. go hand in hand. And and I use the funny illustration of my friends knew that God told Adam and Eve to have every seed-bearing plant and then do not judge. Like, we know these little snippets of things, but we have no working understanding of the totality of the story, no. for sure. So, yeah. I, I mean, how about you guys? Where do you land on it? Where, where, where do you see when verses like this that are so divisive, and I would even say these verses because they deal with sexuality, mm -hmm. men and women, roles, why do you think they're so divisive from the list that was given? And it's something that you kind of already hinted at, which is listening to opposing views. Mm. This is a huge thing for me. I mean, I've been to Bible college. I've, I've read the commentaries. I have scholarly friends that mm. are in support of the opposite view. Sure. Doot, so, doot. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, <laughs> I'm John. I love it. I love it. That's my favorite thing, Haley. I have does. friends that are different than me. But That's good. The current, the current culture, I think, is something that... When, especially when it comes to things like this, this isn't just the only thing, but this is one of many things yeah. that people look around and they say, well, you guys just are behind the times. Yep. And it's, it's a reaction yep. to feeling versus anything else. It's yes. not a conviction. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, I can't remember who said it, maybe Simon Sinek or someone similar like that would say there's a difference between hearing and listening. Yes. yes. And so are we listening to the word of God? Or are we just here to hear it? And mm. and going back to, you know, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. you're good. Go, I was just going to say go. Romans in a sense of like faith comes by hearing, but it's yes. also like there has to be a, you have to be listening to yes. hear. You can't just, well, let me tell you why I'm right. Current culture supports me. So you should as well. I think the church is honestly like that. They have to deal with a lot of that. Yeah. Young kids come out of Bible college. They got a new idea. Yep. They look at culture and they start comparing what we're dealing with to like segregation. Yeah. And it's an unfair argument, in yes. my opinion, from a scholarly point of view of like, yes. that is so unbalanced yes. to the argument of what did Jesus mean in the gospels and yes. like all of the things that he did with his local ministry. And well, Paul says this and it's like, dude, right. The conversation is not listening. Yeah. We're just hearing, we're just hearing until we get to respond. That's what I was going to say. It. Pastor John told me, he said one time, Jason, you sometimes are waiting to respond and you're not listening. And I think that's what social media, I just did it when I interrupted you. All of that. Type <laughs> I of was stuff. Like, you know, Jason, saying, all the that? time. I mean, I am known for it. I, and it also goes back to, we were talking about this documentary that everyone's watching shiny, happy people about the Duggard family. But here's what's interesting. What I noticed in that 
they were talking about the cult that they were a part of and all of this stuff. And they go, I mean, this cult is, and it was, it was a flat out cult where there was rampant sexual abuse and it is heartbreaking and it brings reproach on the church in the name of Jesus Christ. But what happens is anything that they taught because that was a cult, yeah. none of that is true. Yeah. And and what people don't understand is it can only be a cult. Cults gain people by teaching truth. Yeah. They they throw out the hook and the worm. And the worm is truth, and people go, wow, this is good. Then when they reel it in, it's, yeah, but we have this little extra interpretation. And one of the things was, because it's culturally relevant to the verses that I'm studying, was this just authoritarian, chauvinistic, women are subordinate, mm-hmm. horrible, abusive mindset. And I, and I just kind of looked at Courtney and was like, this is why what I did Sunday is so hard. Yeah. It's I have to spend more time dismantling, going, this is not this. Yeah, yeah. I know the pictures of the umbrellas and Jesus, the hut. I I I know. Are you saying, Jason, are you teaching that? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but like, but Paul said, like, and then yeah. you know what I mean? You have to just go, this isn't that. So for sure. How about but, you guys? But I think culturally. The culture distorts the Bible so dramatically and twists it so much to fill agendas and needs that when we hear a woman has to submit to her husband, that every woman, the feminist, the burning the bra, all the things are like, heck no. But the reality of it is so very different when you actually understand what biblical submission is, that it's not as oppressive to women at all. And what I, when I, when I even read the passage in Ephesians five, where Paul says submitting to one another, yeah, that's not the first time the word submission is used. He's talking about a specific issue in Timothy. The only way a church, an organization, a family works is if there's mutual submission, but you're right. We're so far removed from it. We can't even hear the word. What about you, Haley? Out of that list, I think for me, and I'm going to like go down a little road here, if yeah. that makes any Come sense. Um, I got a lunch packed. I'm ready. Crummy examples of male leadership. Yeah. And I'm going to say that very specifically for a reason, not just because of the word male. Crummy examples of takeout male leadership. I feel like up until kind of even recently, that's been the only kind of leadership that's been allowed kind of even in our country, like just sure. historically. Yeah. Um, but I also think when we go into leadership, um, we are imperfect people trying to live out a perfect word. Mm. And so that is going to that. That's good. Man. That's going to be the problem everywhere. I think when you see this is the word, and the only people that I have physically been able to see live that out are crummy examples of leadership. Yeah. Then I go, I'm confused about the Bible. Yeah. And when I can't make sense of that, I'm going to harden my heart 
because these are the people who say they love Jesus and they're acting like they don't love Jesus. And this is now how I see Jesus. Yep. My Jesus. That's my view of Jesus. And that is what has created the culture. So for me, it starts with the leadership. That was good. And so that is the problem, but that is not everything. Sure. But you talked about it on Sunday. They are the ones that get the notoriety. They are the ones that get the, I mean, Bad press is good press, you know, whatever. Right, right. And so it's a problem, though, when that is what, that is your only example of living it out, and that is now how you view God. Yep. And so that is what makes it divisive. When you have a male or a woman, because there are women who read this verse and promote wrong things yes. to other women. Yes. It is not just men, and that's why I want to Amen. clarify that. That is church leadership. Amen. Because the amount of women who have also told me destructive things about what it is to be a woman yes. is just as much as men. Yes. But the the men get the microphone most of the time. Sure. And so I have also had men in my life use these verses as a way to not take responsibility for being a biblical man mm-hmm. and use it as to lay responsibility on no matter what I do, you as a woman are responsible. Yeah. In some areas of your life, that is also true, though. Like. Yeah. There are going to be outside things coming into your world all the time. Sure. You as a woman need to be a Christian woman in all situations. Yeah, for sure. And so like, it's not wrong, but it's when one portion, just one portion of scripture is being lorded over another person. That's it. That's wrong. Yeah. It is wrong. Yeah. And that is not how the Bible is set up. That's not how Christianity is set up. That's not how Christian leadership is set up. And so when you are a new believer or a consistent believer, and that is your only experience with faulty leadership, living out imperfectly with the perfect word, you're going to distort it. It's going to become a chain of events that have changed the culture. Yeah, big time. I love the way that you link that together. And when you walk through it, I was just like, yeah, that makes complete sense to see it play out that way and then that's how you get to the well my jesus would never you know we were i was a few weeks ago or last month at a cardinals game uh, with my brothers and fam was a great family trip long story short in (laughs) in the outfield um on the one of the big signs was the he gets us ads which is kind of funded through hobby lobby and it's it's this is a fun fact it's the most expensive um, cam- not campaign advertising um, for any Christian people like organization or group that has ever hit the scene. It's everywhere. They had an ad on the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And what's interesting is the he gets us is real. I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, but this is just an observation. It, it gets real gray and muddy because the message is he gets us because he's like us. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's like, well, yes. And I mean, that's why it's gaining traction, right? Because that's a, a part of the truth that is correct. But we take that little bit of liberty and we make it the totality of it all. Yeah, yeah. And then we build four walls around it and, and nobody else can get in. And so we said, you know, the sentence to follow all of this up 
and the the die to be cast is this if we do not invite the biblical text the scriptures to define how the church is to be ordered then the culture will and we see this story all through the scriptures the book of judges and they forgot the lord their god and gave themselves to idols and pagan worship you know and so i think starting there was really important to go all right you know we say we, we love the word of god you know like okay well we're really under it we're we're really under it in this and here's the big idea the kind of the thesis men and women are equally vital and distinct in their roles within the family of God because Paul addresses men in verse 8 and then he addresses women in 9 through 15. Um, we've talked a lot. I've always taught every marriage series and stuff. And Haley, you can speak to this about kind of the oh, new yeah. year, new family. And um, it's men and women are equal in value, right? They're created in the image and likeness of God. They're, they're equal in value, but equal doesn't mean same. Okay. So what, you know, what's more important breathing in or breathing out? Well, it's, it's the same, right? Or we use the illustration of the gas pedal and the brake pedal in order for your car to move forward. Those are equally vital things. They are completely different in their roles. Um, why is that difficult? When did you kind of, I know there was a light bulb kind of moment for you. This was a big deal for you a while back. Speak to that. Yeah, that whole series, I would say it's still on our our website. Yeah. You need to listen to that. I don't care if you're single, you're married, you're a parent, you're a grandparent. That was a very foundational. New year, new family. Yeah. Yep. The, f the first one and the second one, they yep. were completely different. Yep, they were. Um, but understanding that women were equal was not something I had ever been taught. Hmm. Um, and the fact that, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure. going to try not to get emotional during this entire thing. Sure, Right. Yeah. Had never been taught that except for potentially by my mother who was doing it. And I love my mom, but as a, as a fighting stance. Yeah, sure. For her not being taught that. A absolutely. It was in, in any way overly taught. Survival. Like, yeah. You need to be equal because one day the men will leave. Sure. And yep. you have to be able to do it all. You got to survive. You have to be able to survive. Yes. Um, but it was not taught in like a, a biblical way sure um and so the all, imago day the image of god yeah right or any kind of like the roles um if anything like they were all worldly roles and i don't mean that but like women do cooking and cleaning right. and men right. do this and it's like okay well like i'm pretty sure the Bible doesn't care as much about my clean house as it does about my heart for Jesus. Yeah. So what does it say about a woman is supposed to do like for God, not mm. just for my husband, but like for God. Cause like, what if you don't get married? Yep. What if you don't have children? Yep. It also talks about singleness and how yes. you're supposed to live a life of that. Yep. And so like, it was a, it was a defining moment in my walk with Christ to hear what equality is what the roles are. Yeah. And guys, even though I hated the message before, 
I still fought this message. Like I will never forget reading this passage for the first time and sitting with Courtney and Amy and being like, uh, (laughs) yeah, we don't, yeah. Like we don't believe this, right? Like this is old. And then being like, Haley, there's not a part of the Bible we don't believe. Yeah. And me being like, I cannot but get my head or, but like this one. And like now being on the other end of it, I mean, like I would I would be lying if I said this section of scripture wasn't still triggering to me. Absolutely. You know, I mean, like going into Sunday and being like, Yep. Okay, here yes. we go. You know, and like putting confidence in God, putting confidence, you know, yes. just like please don't teach us wrong. Like, Mm. please don't hurt more women and please don't equip more men to hurt women. You know I mean? Because allow permission. Yeah. Like just don't, please don't. And so I don't know, but just like also the text really does break it down when you get, I mean, it's no different to me than when we talk about Adam and Eve and he's like, Hey, don't eat from this one tree. And like people focus on the fact that it says don't eat from this one tree. And sure. then it's like, okay, well, there's a, there's a whole world, yep. you know, like he created an entire world. Yeah. And so we are very focused on the don'ts and not mm-hmm. all the permission that is there. Yes. And the, the phrase that I really is like to conduct yourself as a Christian woman. Okay. Maybe this verse doesn't say it all, but what does the Bible, the entire Bible say yeah. about being a Christian woman? Yeah. And it's not about these things that we've made this these no. verses about. You <laughs> no, know what I'm saying? No. And so like I, I love that it was check your Bible with your Bible. Yep. Yep. I also I like just anytime, and I also love that it's like, hey, like men you are accountable to, like the Bible talks about men way more than it talks about women. Sure. So like, yes, this portion is about women, but when it's also talking about a godly man, it does not say like submit to every, right. Every hurt, like right. yes. all men blindly. Yes. You just Submission have to isn't silence, by you know, the way. and yes. like, I just, that was huge in the first series yeah, too. That's good. Of just like, Hey, it's not all men. Yeah. It's godly men. And hopefully, hopefully I pray this for all women. You're not getting married to someone yes. that you have the choice of saying yes to right. and spending your life with who is not a godly man. Yes, because the the main context when the Bible uses the, this heavy language, it's always just a woman submitting to her husband. Her husband. Not all men, not a boss, not an employee. In, in 1 Timothy 2... It's just a little bit broader, but what it's talking about is the same. If God has set up a structure in the family unit, Mm -hmm. then it seems to me that he's also set up a structure in the family of God, is what Paul is saying. And so that's what it all boils down to. And I want to circle back and say something. You talked about singleness, and and I I just always feel like this is so important to say. Jesus is the picture of the perfect life, correct? Right? So we as Christians believe that the fullest life that has ever been lived on this earth, both vertical with God the Father and horizontal of loving people, is Jesus. The greatest expression of human vitality is Jesus Christ, and he was single. 
So you do not have to have a marriage or this in order to live your life to the fullest expression of a, as, as being a human being. And I think the church has done a great disservice of explaining that and talking about that because it's kind of like, you know, the family and this, that, and the other. And I, and, and I get all that and that's important, but man, can't leave Jesus out of the mix here. You know what I mean? It's pretty important. It's pretty important. So man, okay. So it was men and women. Paul talks to the men. It's the one verse. Men should pray. I love that. Lifting holy hands without quarreling or anger. And we just kind of did three quick things, men. Prayer over passivity, holiness over worldliness, humility over hatred. I'm talking about the quarreling. And, and the application sentence was, men, you are at your strongest when you are surrendered to God in prayer. In the context, you back up and Paul's talking about prayer in the corporate gathering, right? Um, and really what he's saying is, hey, men, you should initiate that prayer. You should be the ones to lead and set the tone of prayer in that. Um, John, Alex, how, how did that hit you? Those verses, what was that kind of insightful? Um, obviously, it, Paul kind of addressing the men in that aspect. I mean, it convicted me. I mean, obviously, it convicted me in the sense of like, <clears throat> I claim to be like, I do my prayer journal and all this. <laughs> but when it comes to like, what I seriously got convicted on was like, uh, and this is just super random, but whatever. Like praying for Judah before I go, before he goes to bed. Mm, yeah. In my mind, I was like, man, here I I remember the testimony, and you guys have heard it, but it's like, I'm not building that into the DNA of the family. Mm. I'm looking at it as the inception. Yeah. And it's not, it needs to be throughout the entire yeah. family order of prayer. Like the one thing me and my wife will do is like, Hey, did you pray for me today? Mm. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, well this weird thing happened. And then all of a sudden it was better. Like those things, <laughs> yeah. but like praying with my kid, like there's certain things where it's like doing it first. Yes. Like just manning up and doing it. Yep. Um, Taking the next step. Yeah. Like the I think right that was thing. for me still something that I'm working on. I mean, yeah. I'm still 30, I'm 31. So Absolutely. I got all the answers, but I think that for me was, you know, prayer over passivity kind of hit me like a brick. I like it. That's good. John? I think you? for me, it was the hands of, mm. um, you know, me being, too. yeah, yeah <laughs> but not, not in, in the sense that I raised my hands in anger to my family or anything like that, but it just reminded <laughs> me of, of my daughter Maeve. Uh, she is in the, the time right now where she, you never know if she's going to hit you or, or hug you or sure, throw something at sure. you. And so it just reminded me of, you know, the story that you told and, and when when the hand came across the table to yeah. grab the you know potatoes or Whatever, something yeah. like that, just thought of Maeve as like you see a hand coming at you and you don't know if it's going to be a remote mm. or you know what. But yeah. um, just you know raising your hands and in, in, in service and, and just like you know worshiping and, and and raising your hands and giving it all up and surrendering and, and just that's that's something that I don't necessarily do and unfortunately in in our in in serving on Sunday we don't get to. Um, Haley and I don't really get to worship, you know, sure. as every Sunday, but, um, but I was worshiping on this Sunday and yeah. it felt great, you know, yeah. to, to just raise my hands and say, you know, I'm here right now This yeah. Yeah, at the 11 o'clock service. I was here, I was worshiping, I was singing, I was raising my hands. Amen. So it was, it was, uh, something that I was convicted. That's so. good. You know, I read years ago, James Dobson and he's got some good stuff and I disagree with some stuff, but he has a, a really good section on discipline with your kids, and he has this little caveat, and he says parents, and especially dads, um, 
never use your hand as uh, the tool or conduit of discipline. It needs to be something separate. In, and I know this is even going to be controversial, but it needs to be something separate and distinct because that is the hand of love, compassion, and providing. Mm -hmm. And so when your child sees your hand, the first thing that they want to know is safety, not is this thing coming at me. Yeah. And man, I thought that was such a meaningful insight into that. It's, you know, lifting your holy hands and do and and it was I just love the Bible because he talks to men and like whether they're working or they're fighting or whatever, their hands and our hands can do so many ungodly things. Yeah. But to raise them to God, oh, I don't know. That just woo, yeah. just got me for sure. Yeah. Any other insight on that? I think yeah. Go ahead. Go. I I love the Bible for that reason because nowhere is it also saying like women don't pick passivity over prayer. Like this is just for the men, you yes, know what I mean? Right. Or men, it's not about your outside, you know, like, yes. uh, you know, like yes. it's applicable to both, yes. but God knows his people. Yep. You know what I mean? So like the word is true for everybody. Equal in value, but this plays out distinctly in your roles. Yeah. Yes. And so like this word is equally for you, I guess, but also like, Men are going to struggle with this more, and that's why I'm saying men. Yes. This. It doesn't yes. mean that it's not applicable to women or yep. women shouldn't do that as well, but it is like, hey, this is what I know you are going to struggle with. So when we get to the women part, when you realize that it's that, it's not that men don't need to submit or that men right. don't need to have a walk that's more, you know? Yes. It's like, hey, women, I see you. Yep. I see you where you are, and I know that this is something you struggle with. Yep. And I want to provide guidance with how to live in this world with the things that you are struggling and battling. It is yes. helpful, not hurtful. Absolutely. It makes me think of being a parent of three kids when we say it's time to go to bed. Well, that's true for all three of them, but I inevitably say hey, you know, it's time to get off and don't do this and you better go do. And what I'm doing is I know Roman has a propensity to do this and yeah. Andy has a propensity. The whole idea is we're all going to bed, but the way that it plays out is separate it's and different. distinct in yes. that aspect. So that's good. And then we turn to the ladies and we just kind of, Paul's doing a positive and a negative and he's contrasting. And so we said um, inside over outside. And it's the verses talking about beauty and not letting it be the braiding of your hair, the wearing of gold jewelry, all of that stuff. So we had to unpack some things like, is it we're not supposed to have cornrows up in this mug <laughs> or can we not, you know, bling, bling, gold chain, gold ring, gold everything. Know what I'm saying? Um, and so like what is and so what you referenced earlier, we always let scripture interpret scripture. So, man, this is, whoa, Paul, this is real specific. This is, okay, do I see this anywhere else? Yes, we see it in 1 Peter 3, and it's almost verbatim the exact same language. But Peter sheds a little bit more light on it, and he just says, don't let your beauty be external, but let it be internal. 
and it matches really well together. And we talked about the, I never knew about the Met Gala guys. Like I, I know I had I never figured you would have been all over that. I just literally were like, apparently there's this thing called a Met Gala. It's like, well, men's where? suits aren't as, as extravagant. No. Yeah. As yeah. yeah, yeah it's just not a three piece suit anymore. It's not good enough. Yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. I always thought those crazy outfits that I saw were like the Oscars or no. something like that. This whole thing is just gaudy, like yeah. extreme craziness. Yeah. Lady Gaga is normal you, at the Met Gala. I would yeah. say you literally took the person in my head. That's good. Like, like Lady <laughs> That's Gaga good. is who I'm thinking and of. And I just used the example. I said literally the goal is, I mean, Rihanna sits down with her team, Beyonce sits down with her team, and they say, how can they talk about us, yeah. me, tomorrow? What what do we need to wear in order to do that? It's look at me. And what Paul is saying is, hey, this idea when we come together and we gather corporately, we should not have in our mind when, the way we dress and how we take care of ourselves, the idea of look at me. How can I stand out in this aspect? God is great. It's not look at me. It's look at God. How... You know, the quote that we talked about is Paul's not being legalistic because he doesn't mention how high something or how low or how many braids or how many gold ring. It is a general truth. For example, in First Thessalonians at the end of the book, it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. I well, do that every day, actually, to all of you. Well, how come? <laughs> how come? How come we don't? I mean, guys, that's in the Bible. So, yeah, so, we, so, yeah. Other. So, turn to your neighbor right now, and okay. The recoil that would happen right? on a Sunday for, sure. for that would be insane. Yeah, Courtney would not be at church. Here's right, right. <laughs> Here's what we do, though. We greet each other at church. Yeah. So the principle, the principle that's being taught is universally true. Mm -hmm. But the specifications of what that is, we need to be careful and go, okay, is this cultural? Is this this? What is Paul talking about? And that quote I loved from that biblical scholar said, he's not being legalistic about, you know, the dress must be this long, this, that, and the other. In fact, it's just the opposite. He is calling upon women to discern and think for themselves. What does it look like for me to live out this profession of faith of me being a godly woman? You, Nikki and Haley, I want you guys to speak. Uh, you know, Courtney, sometimes every time summer kind of rolls around, it's always, or even for our kids, like, Buying swimsuits, doing stuff is a struggle she always talks about because we're just not with that vibe of what's the, you know, the, the predominant thing. Can you guys talk about how that's a fine line? Yeah. Right. Very. Okay. So, so on one side, it's, you know, this is my body and my body ain't your responsibility and all of this stuff. Yep. Then the other line is, well, I love Jesus. And so I'm going to swim in culottes, right? That's what <laughs> yeah. I grew up, you know, yeah. culottes and all of this type of stuff. And it's like, whoa, okay. Can you guys kind of speak to the fine line? And, and Nikki, 
what's it been like being a mother who in this yeah. culture you know, parenting a teenager, all of that it's stuff. It's gross. Yeah. It's sure. gross. <laughs> right. I, I can't say that enough. Yeah. Um, we have been at church events. Yeah. And people have commented on my teenager, my teenage daughter's body. Yeah. Not just men, church women. Sure. It's awkward. gross. Awkward. Like it is. And she's a modest girl. Absolutely. Like she does not dress yeah. provocative. Hold on a second. Can you tease out what that even means? Like, mo- like, modest now in that sense. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? No, my daughter, she's a jeans and t-shirt kind of kid. Sure. Yeah. She does not like super short shorts. Sure. She does not like low cut tops. She's not running. And there is zero wrong with anybody who wants to wear those things. Sure. These are heart matters. Yep. And I don't, and I think that where it comes from culture, Yeah. like you've got celebrities I had a conversation with my 71-year-old father-in-law yesterday <laughs> over swimwear Yeah, at a cattle sale. So <laughs> to give you like my I life, it. it's yeah, it. the most bizarre places. It's great. But he had saw a woman in a very small swimsuit, and she turned around and was very pregnant. Sure. And he looked at me and he said, Nick, I'm old. Help me out. When did pregnant women start wearing teeny tiny swimsuits? Cause, oh, wow. And I'm like, well anymore it's whatever goes sure and he looked at me and then he looked at his granddaughter and said ma'am and she said papa never yeah and it was like he was aware of like he uh what's going on yeah and you have the world that shows everything all the time yep and then you have a kid who's trying to shop for clothes sure and like courtney was saying and it's going to get harder as your girls get older yep I remember school dress codes. Um, one of our local schools here has the strictest dress code of anywhere I know because sure. shoulders are distracting for boys. And I'm like, how about we start teaching boys oh, to I'm gonna, yeah, think different? We're going to get to that for sure. Um, yes. Like I've got. Them shoulders, mm, yes. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. But it is, it is so hard. Like I've watched my kid be crushed. Sure. Yeah. By a comment. And the, the person and the people who've made the comments never meant anything. Yeah. And I think as much as these verses mean for women to dress modestly, mm-hmm. I know men that get dressed up for church more sure. than I do. Absolutely. Like their wardrobe, like, and the thought they put into it is far more Absolutely. thought involved than mine. I wanted to ask this question. Is there coming from a woman's perspective, is there a moment of when getting dressed, trying on outfits, I'm getting ready to leave and go out, that if there is something questionable mm-hmm. about how this is going to be, is that a true moment? Is that a common thing? Or do is that not? Is somebody blind to that? Or is it like, I uh, don't think it's the heart. Like, I've had those moments. Sure. Um. It's time to give another shout out to another sponsor of the rest of the sermon podcast. This shout out goes to our great friends over at Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, Missouri. Smart Marketing is a fantastic media company. And when I say media, I mean websites, graphic design, videography, anything that you need, Smart Marketing can do it. You need to head on over to Facebook, just type in Smart Marketing, and you'll see their cool light bulb logo pop up, and you can get a ton of information there. 
or you can just give them a call. Smart Marketing at 573-840-0334. Again, that's Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, 573-840-0334. Back to the show. I've watched my kid have those moments. I've watched friends have those moments. Sure. Um, I have changed things not only out of like respect for myself, yeah. but I remember very early on in my marriage, um, we would go to Nashville for a hair show. Yeah. Um, I'm a hairdresser in another life. And that was a group of girls who would leave. And we would go and be away for the weekend and we would be down on Broadway yeah, having man. a great time. Absolutely. But there were a couple of times where I'm like, uh, Rick would not appreciate me being not with him in this sure. outfit. Sure. And so there is that level yeah. of it is respectful to my husband, to my marriage, but to, to my hear. walk with Christ. There Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But I'm going to personally check it for me. Yeah. I'm not going to check it for anybody else. Like if I feel like it's wrong because my husband would not appreciate that because I'm looking for that attention. And that's where I think this comes from. Yeah. No question. I think it's your, your heart that. Yeah. You know, what's funny is you were talking about men. I, when I get dressed and am in the pulpit, I'm normally in a sport coat or whatever. Mm-hmm. I jokingly say I want to be the Conor McGregor of the evangelical world. Right. The reality is, is that I would love nothing more than my Jordans and my tall tees and an outfit. And when it comes from a level of speaking, I have tattoos, all of those things. I almost always wear long sleeves. <clears throat> I very rarely, even this far into the ministry, um, wear short sleeves just on a Sunday morning right. in that aspect. And I do it out of how can I be as clear as possible and as less of a distraction yes. and, and, and appeal. An older pastor said to me one time, he said, man, listen, we hired you. We knew you had tattoos. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. But you're preaching this Sunday. And he said in big church and that kind of grossed me out. <laughs> but he said, you're preaching this Sunday and it's your choice. Um, do you want to just wear short sleeves and be a possible distraction? Or do you want to wear long sleeves and appeal to the majority of the room? And I think that's what Paul is saying right. here in this is, hey, ladies, you have this body. Men are very lustful. If you are coming into the church and you're wearing this, that, or the other, are you, I mean, and I think he's just asking it of the yeah. heart. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily your skirt needs to sit, you know, no more no, than one inch above your that, knee. And yeah, that never ends Mm-mm. at that point. And no. so it's as, as unto the Lord and culturally, I didn't get into this cause I don't think this is helpful sometimes. Cause it's like, well, gosh, I would never know that that wasn't in my Bible. Um, that is the outfit culturally of a temple prostitute. Yeah. Meaning the braided hair, the jewelry, the heavy makeup was a sign that you're fertile right. in, in in that aspect. And so it's not just even what was going on there of just even men being lustful, but women as well. And it is, it's the key phrase of who profess godliness. Right. It's the vertical. Haley, you were going to say something. I think I do want to talk to that women being lustful thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like, yeah. 
I'm not just going to call out the men on this. Um, and I hope my husband's okay with me talking about this and you're okay with me talking yeah. about this in our premarital counseling. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, trying to abstain, let's just be honest here. Yep. And we like got really real with you and talked about a situation and you're like, wait, Haley, you are undressing in front of John. Right. And also telling him my body is off limits. <laughs> Do you right. see yes. anything conflicting right. with that? And you did ask to get to the heart of that issue with me. And yeah. I was like, well, I want him to want me. Sure. I want to be wanted. Yes. I want him to desire me. Absolutely. And so the issue is not that I got naked. The issue is I got naked and pranced around hoping that he would think lustful thoughts about me. Yes. Yes. You know what? I mean, like baking cookies in the house and it's smelling (laughs) and going, guys, we are not eating cookies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, but that was like, that was a hundred percent my motive. And then to go, and now we pray. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or even worse go, how did we end up here? Yeah. And so like, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to just say it's just men having lustful thoughts. Like I wanted, I was yes. having lustful thoughts about him. Yes. I wanted him to want me. Yep. And by doing that, I dressed a certain way or undressed in front of, or Bingo. used my body as, yep. as like a bargaining system for that. Absolutely. So I don't want to say like, it's just the men. Now there no. are also plenty of times sure. that I have been, very appropriately dressed and a man has said something completely inappropriate to me. Sure. Yeah. And that is where it's like, again, it is about your heart. It yes. is about those things. But I don't want to just say like men are the only people who struggle with that. Absolutely. No. I no. grew up in the time that it was like modest is hottest. Yeah. Purity rings. Purity rings. And like, if yep. you didn't do that thing. And then I also grew up where we were supposed to wear our cheerleading outfit to school yep that was shorter than all of the school regulations Mm -hmm. all that stuff and like i mean just like setting setting everyone up for failure in a lustful society no question but you best believe i also checked myself out in the mirror every day and said they can say modest is hottest but my butt looks good in this (laughs) skirt you know what i mean and so that's and so that's where it's like women is that what you want to be seen for? Well, that, so the application sentence we said is, do I value? Am I placing the emphasis on what people see on the outside of me? Now, remember, this is the church gathered. Yeah. This is the family of God. And you're coming in with the motive of, do I value what I present on the outside of me? more than knowing what God sees on the inside of me. And it says in both passages, and especially in 1 Peter, it says, this um, a, a quiet heart is precious in God's sight. And I just like that. What a phrase, man. Yeah. You know, so inside, go ahead. You got it. I want to go one step further with that. Let's We're go. talking about women doing it for men. But how many times do women put on an outfit? They don't even care what their man thinks about it, but they are going and saying, well, I want that group of women to think that I look stylish. That's the, I want that group of women to think like, 
it is not even about lust at that point. That's pride. That's yes. acceptance. That's caring more about what women accepting and, other women is about. And what Paul is, is saying is, if you're not careful, that's what you're going to value. Absolutely. And so that's why we can't become legalistic as to how it plays out because the scenarios never end. And it, that might be you dressing more modest than not, but your intention is still wrong. Or how about this? You dress modest because you're self-righteous yeah. and gossip and talk about how you're the most modest. And th- that's yes. all filthy rags. It's just the Lord. not, yes. it's not good. So it's a heart issue for sure. Way more than it's an outward clothing choice issue. Yeah. Um, inside over outside. Yep. And then secondly, walk <laughs> over talk. Profess yeah. godliness with good works. Profess words, works. I said this, you know, just to kind of why is this important to think about? In light of all the data <clears throat> that has come out in regards to mental health in this in the world because of COVID, um, we're finding out that young ladies ages 13 through 17 are suffering the most in mental health because of primarily social media that broke me and what's playing out. And it's, I'm struggling with this. And so we judge our failures and all of our stuff on everybody else's highlight reels in, in regards to that. And so the, the application sentence was, do my words match my walk? And I know West side women is really big about this to be women of the word, who not just read their Bibles, but live the Bibles. Um, can you guys just briefly speak to where do you see this being the toughest? Just right now, just you know, quickly in regards to where are you seeing this being the most difficult for women of their words and wanting to promote an image, if you will, or portray or project something that is this but it's, it's not matching what it is to be a woman of the word and just live my life in grace and peace and follow Jesus. What's, is it being a young mom? Is it being single? Is it, what's tough about that right now? Oh, all the things, all the things I'm like, yeah. you want us to answer this briefly? I know. And it's me and Haley one. We don't do brief on a very, good day. Very true. Um, but just what you're seeing in the life of, of our church and you guys are heavily involved in this ministry and right now, here's the sentence. How has God uniquely given you a burden for this specific area of women who are walking with Jesus and struggling for their walk and talk to line up? So, at, Where have you been recently burdened for at, that? At this phase the younger mamas for me because my kids are older and I'm watching them and I'm watching them attempt to have godly marriages, raise godly children while working, while trying to keep up with the highlight reels on everything else. And it is exhausting them and they feel like they are failing miserably Mm. over and over and over again. And so I feel like I am forever a cheerleader going, no, ma'am, you are not. God has you. You are in this. These are, you will be fine. And so for me, that is something like I've said before, the Proverbs woman, I understand her. Sure. 
I can't live up to her. She's like the woman you know, everyone hates. Yes, 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 yes. The tightest woman. I am there. Ready that is go. my jam. I love it. Um, so That's that good. is that, that is where I am at. That's great, Haley. How about you? I think that um, social media is actually community. There's so many times that you will post something mm. that you are you did one time. Yeah. <laughs> and or that looks like now that's a rhythm in your family and sure. now that's not a rhythm in my family or what's your motive for even posting this or like you do something cool and then you share it and it's like it could be used appropriately 100% like yeah. show me your rhythms help me but when it's used as a comparison I think women are terrible about really building each other up. Mm. It's a lot of you can act like your motive to post it is yeah. like whatever, but it's like, why did I actually do that? Wow. I either want approval from other women. I want someone to think that I'm a good mom. Or I want to be self-righteous. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, but I think it is very hard to actually decide that you are going to accept that your worth only comes from God. Amen. Not from your husband, not from your children, not from other people liking your post, yes. not from making the good food or keeping the house clean or anything else. But like my worth is a hundred percent only from God. Yes. I would say I struggle a lot with self-confidence about especially my body. And for the longest time until Maeve started kissing our mirror way too much because <laughs> she does not struggle with self-confidence. <laughs> She'd be kissing herself in the mirror all the time. But I had these verses that are also hard for me yeah. on there in like chalk writing yeah. so that every time I went to my mirror, I first saw mm. that it's not about how I look in this. Wow. And never did that not get convicting. Wow. No matter what. Dude, that's so good, Haley. Yeah, but it's also really hard. No, like, it is. I'm just meaning I'm commending you on your application and transparent. That is a concrete way of somebody listening to this going, wow, here's how I can connect these dots. So that's huge. But like the conviction of how many times you're going to that mirror mm. and determining your worth on something that's external. Yeah. Of, I look good. I I look good in these jeans. I have my makeup done. Yeah. Like just your makeup done, whether it looks good or not. You're like, sure. I got makeup on. I'm better than these biddies that don't have makeup on. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And so like just just things like that, and just who are you doing it for? Yeah. What is what is your purpose? And it's like it's got to be about my worth is from God. I uh, T J Woodard, <clears throat> a dear friend of mine who's a pastor. I heard him preach one time and he told a story about how his firstborn, who was a girl, they were there in the house and they were doing like some laundry or something. And she was playing, the closet door was a mirror, you know, like those big closet mm -hmm. doors like that. Yeah. And she was in the mirror and she was laughing and, but she would look at herself and do something and then like laugh and then look at herself and then laugh. And Brooke said, um, I pray that every time she sees herself, she smiles like I want that. That's my prayer for her in life. And I thought, man, that is so good. That is so good. Okay. I want to pause because the next one is submission over division, but yeah, this we'll is a part two. Yeah. And so we're going to get into it, but inevitably sort of the end application was like, man, this is hard. 
And, and it's so different from what we see, what we're used to. Everything about this is difficult. And I read one of my favorite quotes um, from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones that says this, the glory of the gospel is that when the church is absolutely different from the world, she inevitably attracts it. It is when the world is made to listen to her message, though it may hate it at first. And I think it's so important because this actually is the way we let our light shine, is doing the hard things, submitting under this. And so next week, hopefully, if I still have a job from preaching the sermon on Sunday, we're going to dive into the like women saved through childbearing. What is that? What does it mean for a woman to be silent? What is Paul saying in these verses? But we got to leave our people with what we've got coming up within the life of the church. So give us the lowdown, Nikki, kids side. You guys don't really have anything coming no, up in June, no, do no. you? June, June's not. Only, the, Only thing, the thing. The thing. The thing. We are... Love it. Can't. Can't. Um, we are so pumped. We are leveling up with our kids side kids. We are doing VBS. It yes. is happening the 27th, the 28th, and the 29th of this month. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, what's the lowdown? What's kind of ages? What does that yep. look, the evening look like? So we will be here from... 6.30 to 8 or 6 to 8.30. Awesome. 6 to 8.30. 6 to 8.30. So, I never get these times Love right. It. Love um, it. And I'm in charge, and I don't know why. <laughs> Love it. Um, so ages 4 through completed 6th grade. Awesome. We are going to have a time together. Great. And then we are going to break up in our stations. Good. And we are going to do a craft a snack. Yep. A game and a mission. We're adding a fourth station Let's go. this year. Let's go. I love yeah. it. Nikki, quick question. Is this I mean, like, let's say they go there, they, they're members at such and such. I do not care. You come on. I don't care. I don't care if this is, there's a couple of kids. The only time I see them is once a year when they come for VBS. Come on. Love them. Don't mind. We're going to feed them. Good. We're going to get them tired. We're going to make them sweaty. It's going to be awful. Awesome. Great. Like there's a whole messy vibe. It's going to be fun. VBS is such the intentional time to uh, pull out all the stops and to sort of turn the kid discipleship volume up to 10. Oh. And it's a lot of fun. And volunteers are super important. They make it happen. And if you're listening to this and you want to get plugged in or you've said, man, I'd love to serve in kids side and I've got this going on that, man, holler and connect with Miss Nikki to come and serve on a night of VBS. We are going to have a VBS meeting um, that we will keep announcing closer to that will happen in between services. Love soon, it. So. This is great. This is great. Alex, we've also got some other stuff coming up for people who are wanting to take their next step in a relationship with Jesus. Maybe they're new. Maybe they've just joined. What can they do, Alex? Yeah. So this uh, coming up in a few weeks, we'll have baptism. Yeah, yeah, so we've been talking about, you know, what is the what does the Bible talk, call us to do as disciples? And that's to yeah. go and make disciples of all nations. And so we're able to do that June 14th here at the church at 6 p.m. We'll have a baptism class. So yes. make sure to sign up for that at the info center. And then this baptism service is going to be June 18th. Yes. So we have both services. So, yeah, it'll be a fun time to you know, dedicate and see what people say. It's going to be great. I'm loving it. Ton of fun. Super excited about that. I got two things I want you to talk about. Mm -hmm. Also, Alex, 
one, not just VBS for our kids, but we have our first youth meeting this, this Sunday. Sunday. Night. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Talk this about Sunday it. night at five thirty to seven. Yeah, 530 to 7. What, no. at the, at the church I just go. tried to hit the button. It didn't work. So, yeah, but if you are anywhere from, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade and up, yep. come and hang out at the youth pavilion. Absolutely. Youth night at the pavilion. It's 530 this Sunday. Come on. So, yeah, come on. we'll be having some food. So, yeah, bring your appetite and uh, bring some bring some fun you know, conversation. Yes. And listen, this is something that, um, listen, parents, you've been asking about this. Uh, please come be a part of this. This is going to be an intimate time of hanging out and community. Gospel community and mission is true of any age here at Westside. So it's from kids side to youth. Those three words guide us in every, every person needs the gospel. Every person needs to live life in community and every person needs to live on mission as well. We just theme it in fun, fun ways. There you go. And then lastly, this, I announced this Sunday, Hey, maybe you listen to this podcast. Maybe you subscribe to our sermons. Maybe you watch the live stream, whatever it is. And you're like, man, I would love to go to church there. I would love to be a part of that ministry, but I live somewhere or I'm not able to be there, but I would love to partner with you guys in ministry. Well, guess what? We actually have an opportunity at the end of this month in June, we are doing the above and beyond offering. Yep. And what this is, is our fiscal year ends in October. And man, throughout the year, we take care of, you know, in First Peter, it says, take care of all, but especially of those of the household of faith. So man, if people need help with cars or this, that, and the other, long story short, Westside is a generous church. Yeah. And this is also an opportunity. Maybe you've been coming to Westside and you've never given financially. I want to tell you something. There is only a number of areas in the scriptures where God says, test me. I want you to test me on this. And one of those is finances. God says, if you sow into the kingdom of God, he'll make you a millionaire. No, I'm just kidding. Making sure y'all are listening, son. Making sure y'all are listening. No, God literally says, test me in this area. If you can trust me with your finances, then it will grow to every other area. And I always say, we trust God with our salvation, but we somehow struggle to trust God with our financial situation. So that's above and beyond offering. Pray about that as a family. Pray about that uh, as to how much God is asking you to be a part of and to give. And then we also, even though I'm a woman, yep, we have man up. We do have man up. And I... I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I just, I I just need else. some other man so, to talk about man up. So Westside Women kicked off their summer launch. Incredible. They study in groups throughout the summer. And Westside Men have had a couple touch points of getting together, gathering together with your table and crew. But our Man Up event is just that, for our tables to get together, hang out, and go, how's summer been going, all of that good stuff. But please, please listen to me. Every single night at Westside Men, I hear a room full of men say, hey, remember, you know, my brother or, or remember my coworker or, hey, remember such and such. They need something like this in their life so bad. Guys, this man up event is an opportunity to invite that guy to. And so when they come and hang out at this on the drive home, you go, yeah, man, that's what we do every Monday night. We get together, hang out, eat some food, do all of that stuff. Haley, what's the dates on that? 
that is June 19th, the day after Father's Day, the Monday after Father's Day at 6 p.m. here Man, at the church. What a great Father's Day treat to go to the Man Up event at Westside. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. We got a ton of things going on in the life of the church. You can check us out on social media, email, text thread, all of that good stuff. We love you guys. And until we hear from you or see you, hey, by the way, send in questions. Yeah. I mean, the sermons, guys, this week and next week are bonkers. So please shoot us an email at info at westsidepb.org, and Alex will a- answer any of the questions about <laughs> what it means for a woman to remain silent and all of that good yeah. stuff. No, we want this to be a conversation, so send in those questions. We love you guys. Until we meet again, never forget that it is all about Jesus. Deuces! Oh, we got to do it again. No. I love it. I love it. Are we going to leave it in or no? I mean, I think. I think we should leave all of this in right now. Yeah, this is happening right now. Oh, you see? I missed a week.